On this episode of the show, join Paul live at the start of his annual planning meeting with the Paul Goff Physiorums team as he looks ahead to 2019. In the first session of the three-day meeting, the team discussed what's worked well in the last 12 months, which gives them the chance to tell Paul what they think got done well. Paul and the team openly discuss things like why his patients are happier to come back and spend more money with his clinics these days, how he gets more completed plans of care, what Paul calls a second-order consequence of making decisions, not taking crap off of third-party referrals, and why getting comfortable with uncomfortable sales conversations in the beginning makes things easier for everyone later on, patients included. Enjoy listening to this discussion with Paul's amazing team at the Paul Goff Physio Rooms and listen carefully to their responses just as much as Paul's. And if you'd like to find out how you can get the opportunity to work with Paul to make a strategic plan for your business at his next strategic planning day, reach out to paul at paulgoff.com for more information. Enjoy today's show. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience. Whether you call yourself a PT, a physical therapist or a physiotherapist, and wherever you are listening to this right now, this is for you. It is me revealing everything I can to help make you a more successful business owner. Thanks for listening. It means the absolute world to me. I, ru- I ruined his weekend <laughs> on Friday by telling him he needs to be in at nine o'clock. <laughs> when you late last year, Joe? I'm sure you were late last year for this. There's a marked improvement. Right, okay, good morning everybody and welcome. Morning, Paul. Morning. Morning. Good morning. Everybody all right? <laughs> um, so we've got a full day together. We'll get through. Do you want to shut that door because it's going to get uh, a noisier in there. <coughs> so we've got a full day um, today <coughs> to get through quite a lot. Um, slightly different from last year. A lot more focus on what I think is things that uh, I want to really get within with prepara- in, in preparation of me leaving. I've kind of looked at this and thought, well, what's the biggest thing that if I could give you an awareness of anything or give you the ability to influence this business better without me ever being around, it's to understand what the drivers are of the things that really affect the business. So it's so easy to think that business is just about the phone ringing and a patient booking in. And really what you find is that in most businesses, it's what happens next that actually affects the business more than just getting patients or um, the phone to ring. So we're going to walk through, uh, first session we'll go through what happened last year, how we think we did versus what we said we would do, things that we did really, really well, things that we need to improve upon, um, review all of the products and services that we offer just to make sure everybody's on the same page with uh, communication, what they mean, who they're for and all that type of thing. I've got an idea uh, that I want to implement for um, something that we're already doing but to do better uh, and completely revamp the way that we sell massages and pamper packages that type of thing then we look at critical drivers for most of the afternoon and those are the things really that's the session that i want everybody switched on to knowing full well what affects things like arrival rate completely plan of care the patient visit average and what to do if and when those things start to slip because that's the thing that as I spend more time in America this next 12 months, those are the things that I'll be monitoring more than anything. In fact, if I just was able to pick five or six of the PVA, the arrival rate, the conversion ratio, etc., to look at, everything else would almost take care of itself. So we'll spend most of the afternoon on that, and then we're going to talk through a marketing calendar, and I'm really going to give you a chance to dictate what and what, you know, when we should be promoting 
build a thing, you know, build things around Valentine's and Easter and summer and Christmas and all that type of thing. Nailing some workshop dates, get Amy involved for the social media aspect, email marketing, the offers, everything that we're doing, um, but really give you a chance to, to take uh, control of most of those uh, activities moving forward. So it'll be very interactive. It's going to be you more than me, hopefully and we will kick it off that yeah has everybody got the overview of the plan yeah. for day one good session number one uh first question what worked well last year what worked well what do you think emily um so far the like competitions on facebook cool why do you think that um because i think you get someone in the door that maybe wouldn't 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 have had any clue that we exist other than the competitions. How have they gone? How generally have they uh, worked for us across the course of the year? I think they worked good in getting the people in the door. But the terms of conversion into private patients, yeah. I don't think our patient... It's not our... It's, it's not, not our, 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 our guitar, really. Um, but do you wear that up? Well, that's that's what you're always looking at. Yeah. Um, you're all, there's always there's more than one side to a coin, and the indirect effect is that however many people have seen that competition, and then because they're aware of who you are, make mm -hmm. their way to you. It really isn't about whether or not that one person goes on to be a patient. It's did ten people see it? Yeah. Mentally clock that you exist now. Check your website out. Watch your video, and now seeing all the other things that you're doing, and are likely to come in and see you as a result of that. That's the that's the thing that you're watching. Yeah. I would say the offers that we don't remember if the diaries were a bit quiet and we would do like um, ten percent off or with the came proactive yeah. on that if something's a little bit of a lull like retirement patients mm. and stuff we now got like we all brainstorm and go right who haven't we seen for a while let's get this out and they do work mm. well like yeah that, do I get think that worked well last year we so have had more returning patients yeah. Yeah. undoubtedly I, and I've seen that this is this business is now at the point where um, as a business evolves. <laughs> In the beginning, you have to be really good at the marketing and you've got to get people through the door. And then as a business grows, let's say after five years, you've got what should be a big enough database of people that you can really pull from that. And that becomes your referral and that becomes your, you're just going to go back to them all the time. And you're asking them to be able to come back or talk to people about you and so on. And much of the uh, next year's focus will actually be more upon that for us that even the, the line in the, the spreadsheet will have new absolute new customers through marketing, referrals, word of mouth, and then past patients coming back to us. Because there are three different patients there. Yeah. You've got one who goes, yeah, I found you on Google, or I found you on the website, that's a brand new patient. Then you've got one who goes, well, I heard of you, which is word of mouth, and, and really that's what's, uh, that, that's your customer service. And then you've got your past patients. And then from that you're concluding, well, if that's good and they keep coming back, you're concluding that you're delivering on the promise to the person that if the new patient makes their way to you, the more likely they are going to talk about you and they are going to come back to you. So you still need the front end stuff going on, but the business, uh, a business the size of ours now with the database that we've got, at least 50% of the focus has to be on just get people coming back. And I think more and more in business generally, that's what's starting to happen, is that it's becoming less and less about getting big and having like 50,000 names in a database and more about staying sort of compact with 10 or 15,000 names in a database, but pulling from that 
all the time. Makes sense. What else, Jess? Adaptability. Big word. I know. It's a big word. Yeah. <laughs> big word for a Monday morning. I think we had loads like hit us last year, and we all mm. adapted well. Hit, uh, well, what's funny is that every year some hits us, and we adapt well. And don't, and don't we know it? <laughs> and, and don't we know it? <laughs> the point, the point of business is, and and why I like people who are adaptable and who are open to learning and change and don't really give a shit when Paul comes in with six million ideas, is that that's the way it is. That's, any time it's, uh, adaptability shouldn't really be like a, it, it's a, it is a, a trait and a good habit, and, sorry, a good virtue to have. But when you think about it, it should never be really because that's the way it is. Like, at what point, you could almost sit down with everybody everywhere, anywhere in the world and ask them like, what was last year like? And they'll all think it was hectic and loads of shit happened and we had to adapt to everything that went wrong and didn't quite go according to plan. That's the deal, like it doesn't, it, in 37 years of being alive, I don't think I've had a year that goes according to like, to plan, it just is. So from a staffing point of view for you all, that is something that, that the way it is is the way it is. And change is the biggest, funny I'm reading a book on uh, Alex Ferguson right now, uh, really good. I've read a few on him and this one isn't actually by him but it's somebody who studies his life, who, who has analysed him and that's the biggest uh, sort of thing that they bring up that is success if you like his tenure lasted so long because of his ability to change and, and be open to it and just embrace it and it was any time a Beckham or a whoever needed to go they needed to go it was like yeah he's worked well for five years but he, like times have moved on the games have changed Mourinho's come in or whatever we have to change the way that we do business not not clinging to the fact that because we were successful for five years that we're going to be successful again so I think adaptability is important and from all of your points of view what I'm trying to do is help you to see that and not get frustrated when things do change or they don't quite go according to plan. Most of the time it's expectations that you expected it to go according to plan is what actually you fight. If you really think about it, your brain actually fights the fact that you thought it should have gone a certain way and if you just stop that you pretty quickly get to the solution. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If it, most people today, when the day hasn't gone according to plan at 9.17 or 9.47 already, right? 99% of the world, there's a fight, like the brain is mentally, I shouldn't have got this many emails or this person should have answered the phone or I should have got this in the mail today. And then because they haven't got it in the mail today or the phone didn't get answered by the person they need to speak to, they're out. Like they're, they're just out of sync all day. And it's not because of the thing that didn't happen, it's because the expectation that it should have happened is the actual thing that they fight for two hours and by the time that that's calmed down and another problem's gone two hours is lost so really for me success is about accepting that things don't always go your way and just getting on anyway it just it is what it is <coughs> i thought you shoot me i did <laughs> in what way that adaptability is not one of the things that we know. No, no, I think we have. <laughs> I, I agree. There's two different things there. One is, did we do it well? My second point was that we should be doing it well. Anyway. We should be doing it well anyway, and that that's a broader, bigger sort of thing, if you like, that you're trying to accept that in business it does change and it doesn't always go according to plan. And insurance companies do pull the wool, and patients do cancel or they do ask for money back or whatever even though we think and we expected that we provided a great service somebody doesn't so what are we fighting here are we fighting our corner because we think we're right and we expected somebody to be happy to pay the bill because we kissed their ass and we did everything that we said we would 
and even though we did that, they still wanted their money back. What are we actually <laughs> fighting? Giving them 450 quid back? Or are we fighting that we're all angry that they didn't take what we did and, and be happy with it? Do something for somebody in your house, boyfriend, husband, partner, wife, whatever. It's, I did this for you, you should have been happy, don't you, you know? It's never about the thing. It's that I expected you to react a certain way and that's the bit that actually pisses you off. And if you can get over that quickly, the faster you're actually onto the solution to the, to the bloody problem, which it, most people actually can solve problems. They just don't give themselves a chance to because they're so busy caught up in the emotion of, I expected you to kiss my ass because I bought you these flowers. Or I expected you to recognize that I did this for you or whatever. And when you don't, I get angry about that. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So adaptability is gonna be important. And it's a good one that you've brought up. A lot of businesses, it is the case that the, you know, the more that I obviously do this for businesses around the world, it's the thing that I see more than ever is that um, the staff that they hire are just not open to change. It's just a fixed way of running a business and when it doesn't quite go according to plan, which it never ever does, the shit hits the fan and they're in, they're in trouble. So it is a credit to you all, really. But I'm trying to bring to your attention as people that what you want in your life is the ability to be adaptable by default. Not, not like a well done, we're all adaptable. It's, it should be like that you almost take for granted that you're adaptable, that makes sense. So what else? What else worked really, I really well? The, um, the discount for the pin advance, but then changed at 15%. There was a massive spike in people using it, wasn't there? Well, really what that hopefully affected was the so this is where we start talking in real terms. So yeah, we offered a discount, a, big, a slightly bigger discount to pay in full. So what did that affect? So that was the cause. This is what we're going to this afternoon. That was the cause. What did that affect? That affected the conversion from a discovery or a, an eval to a full plan of care. And what did that affect? That affected the number of people who then had the six or eight sessions that you said that they should have, rather than having two or three and then saying, oh, I'm done, or I'll let you know, or I'll come back to you, etc." So that affected the PVA, the patient visit average. And that indirectly actually affects the word of mouth and the likelihood that they'll come back. So the knock-on effect of all of these things, do you get me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll start doing some stuff on the boards later with, so you, you can understand it. Or not understand it, once you can start to see this, when, when the business activity is a kinetic chain, it's very rare that you'll do anything that doesn't have an effect somewhere else. And having somebody commit to a plan of care actually means that they're more likely to get to their six sessions or eight sessions. And that is, um, that's like, I don't know, going into the hotel or going to the spa weekend, right? And sampling the restaurant, the bed, the breakfast, the pool, the spa, the massage, <laughs> and the coffee. At that point, you have a real accurate view of what that spa place is like, and therefore are much more likely to come back. Whereas if you arrived, went straight to the restaurant, and didn't like the entire spa experience because the restaurant was 30 pound more than you were expecting, your view of the spa is that it's not good, it's expensive, it's pricey, it's this, that, and the other, but really, you never give the whole experience a chance. So your likelihood of going back is almost none and your likelihood of referring anybody is almost zero as well. So to get, to, to get somebody to sample every aspect of the hotel should be the goal of the, the guy who owns the hotel. To get somebody to sample every aspect of the business repeatedly in our world is the goal of, of what we do. 
not so much that we get the 400 quid or whatever and that's how granular a lot of people think and following here a lot of people think right when when you teach this type of thing their staff their staff would be like oh it's about money or well you know this is a, a, about a dollar figure or a pound figure and like yeah it is but the bit you're actually missing is that that if i don't get you to the six sessions you don't get the outcome if you don't get the outcome you don't tell anybody about us and you definitely don't come back so i almost have to get you to that point to allow you to it's like going to, it would almost be like going to an airport, sitting in the lounge and going, oh, I don't like this, I'm not getting on a plane. And then saying that you don't like flying and all you've ever done actually was went to the lounge, saw the queue for the plane and went, you know, went back in your car. You can't have a very good view of the flying experience from the airport lounge. You might think that it's busy, hectic, and you don't like the lines that you have to stand in. And it might feel a certain way, but you don't actually understand what the flight would, would be like. So you almost have to get somebody to the, to the six and eight sessions, which is why I'm, I'm a huge fan of the commitment upfront and pay the money, not because of the money, because of the real impact that somebody actually gets to experience feeling better as a result of the six or eight sessions that they need, not the two or three sessions that they want. So remember that. Whenever you whenever you're proposing a plan of care, it has nothing to do with it has little or much less to do with the this is about getting three hundred and eighty or four hundred quid or whatever, as it does this is about you actually getting to the end of your treatment to actually feel the benefit, to be able to tell somebody about that benefit and then be much more likely to come back. Because once somebody's experienced the benefit whether it was four hundred quid, five hundred quid, a thousand quid, fifteen hundred quid, they don't care. If you delivered the outcome at the price that was agreed, they'll come back and they'll pay it again. But if they can't get to the point of feeling the outcome, no matter what it was, even if it was 15 quid a session, they won't come back for 15 quid a session. Do you get me? So the price has nothing to do with their decision to come back at all. And that's very, very little understood in this business or any business that every business, whether it's lawyer, doctor, whatever, thinks that it's always about the money, it isn't. It's how do you get the optimum environment for them to be able to get the outcome that you're promising regardless of the money because the money for most for eight out of ten is actually irrelevant they have no no real clue understanding of the cost here versus the cost somewhere else versus chiropractic nothing eight out of ten none and, and, and never ever will most of them can't even remember what they paid how they paid it six months later they've no they have no clue Makes sense. So I like I like that. What else, Jordan? Um, <clears throat> I think going back to what John said about the uh, um, the plans because of the pay in advance, I think that that definitely affected the amount of top ups and things we've we've been getting. So why? So this is interesting. Uh, why, so why do you think that is then? Well, I think with what you were saying, obviously, because you're now getting more people to to the end of the plans, the six sessions, then there's, there's more opportunity for people, and and they're buying into what. Um, they, they, they they're in the experience and they get what you what what they can get out of it. Then they're more willing to go ahead with, a, with top ups and things afterwards to, to keep progress or um, or to keep going with the experience afterwards. But it definitely, I, I'd say maybe in the last sort of three four months, it's definitely been more than I that, that I've seen. The, the this is fabulous, right? So I asked you how the schedules are. There's plenty going on. I, I haven't looked in it, but I guarantee, oh, I'm assuming then, listening to this, that a lot of them will be top-ups or repeat. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's, this is the kinetic chain that I'm talking about in business. Yeah. That the, the overarching thing that, that 
you've got or I've got to get across to you, right? Particularly the girls on the front desk and then undoubtedly in an evaluation is that yes, it is a bit more difficult to have a 20 minute conversation. It is a bit more difficult to start talking about money. It is slightly more uncomfortable to say, this is the price, this is what you should pay and use 400 pound instead of 55 pounds. It is, but anything that's uncomfortable at the start usually gets easier later on in life, in business, in everything. That if we are doing what most businesses do, which is come on in, we'll charge you the cheapest amount possible, we'll have two or three sessions and we'll see how it goes. That feels easy at the time, does it not? Hmm. It's called softness, right? If you wanna know what they are, they go on in your life every day. And it is the reason most people never get what they want because they use softness and it, and it feels nice at the time. My language is very abrupt often on purpose and it's not because I'm that way by default, it's because I've just conditioned myself to be that way to avoid problems further down the line. I've realized over years, whenever I'm nice and anything's easy and I have nice, polite conversations with people when I should have been a bit more stern, shall we say, it nearly always requires that in three months I have to have an even more stern conversation than I would have had to have done if I'd have just done it at the start. And it's the same with, with patients. How many times do you do it with your kids? Come on, Harry. Come on, Harry, put your clothes on. Come on, Harry, put your clothes on. Put your clothes on, Harry. <laughs> And then like 20 minutes, like, put your fucking clothes on. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> get Time for the shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get the point. It starts out very nice. And as a parent, that's like, oh, yeah, you know, you evolve that way. And then I'd love to, I'd love somebody to take me back to my initial language with Harry when he was like, you know, you're speaking to him and he can't talk back. Now it's like, you have, <laughs> you have no patience with him. Like, just put your fucking clothes on and get in the car. We're, like, we're gone. Then Tobias, it's like, even what it's even fast it's like and you you little shit just get them don't you start and he's like i haven't even said anything but you were gonna <laughs> you were gonna and i know what you come out with but it's the same thing that generally um it's called if you want me to get really really deep it's called second order consequence and generally in life um the second order consequence is the one that affects you the most right that the second order consequence, so let's look at it. The second order consequence of alcohol is what? What happens after you drink? There you go. There you go. The second order consequence of buying something that you can't afford with a credit card is what? So uh, almost everything that happens to you in life, it's, it's what's, what happened next. And that's, if you can start to think about that, it really affects your decisions as to, you know, the first order consequences, you get married. And the second order consequence is like, misery. <laughs> misery for the next 25 years. It's a good day for the family. <laughs> My uncle Liam said that once, true story. He got married and somebody said like, are you happy? He went, no, I've made a big mistake. He said, well, why did you do it? He said, oh, it's just a great night for the family. <laughs> He was divorced within six weeks. <laughs> true, true story. It's his, fa it's his famous line. It's his most famous line. It's a great night for the family. That was his. That was it. Yeah. That was his. That was his. Like, well, how would you feel? He went, ah, oh, like I've made a mistake. He's like, I've, I know I've made a mistake. He went, well, how are you pissed off? He went, that nah, was a great night for the family. <laughs> great night for the family. Six weeks later, he was divorced. Yeah. True. Were you last year? Well, he died ten years ago, so I struggled. Oh, where was I at last year? That was Bron uh, Brendan and... Oh, Nadine's. Can't remember. Last year, when? 
You were like, like Claire and Johnny there. Oh, it was Nadine's about two years ago. Oh, was that God? Was that yeah, yeah, two years ago, that one. Sedgefield, wasn't it? Yeah. But anyway, the second order consequence is the bit that affects your life, right, generally. And think, you know, if you want lessons on business from today, it's the same thing in life. It doesn't make any difference. The bigger, higher sort of principles, if you like, of all of these things can affect your life for good or, for, or they can affect the business for good, but they can affect your life. And that's what I always hope that you take from these conversations. They ain't just conversations about PVA. They're ultimately about human beings make decisions. And ultimately, yeah, the initial conversation, the first thing that you have to go through is a bit tough and is a little uncomfortable, or it can be, potentially for some people. But the second order consequence of that uncomfortable conversation is that the person actually gets the outcome that they want. And now you're actually seeing it, which is the best bit that you should understand, is that if you can get somebody to say yes at that point and commit, therefore they get their transformation, which is what I'm speaking about, they're much more likely to say yes to top ups. And this is my point, it's got nothing to do with money. Nothing, like at all to do with money. In the beginning, it's their perception of the outcome that they're going to get. And if you can deliver on the promise, they'll come back for more. There's, there's businesses all over the world proving that it really isn't that much to do with money. Now, there's brackets and price points that you can stretch and you can come back into and there's an optimum and that might change and then you've got to test it and so on. But really, with most people, it, it is less and less about money. It's just, will I get the outcome? And if I get it, I'll keep coming back because there are, for every 10 businesses that they're doing business with, nine are not delivering on the promise. Therefore, they'll actually naturally default to the company that does deliver on the promise, even if it's slightly more expensive than somewhere else. And I think that's the bit that we've, that we've done really, really well on. And as I've looked at all of last year's stats, the private patient stuff, again, is fabulous, through the roof, it's, it's amazing. First, um, January and February went brilliant um, for various reasons, but it really picked up momentum around about March, April, May, when we started to look at, you know, again, inside of the business, what was happening, what was the communication, where were we losing patients? It was never really the marketing aspect of it. It was the conversion from first session to a completed plan of care. So now you might think, well, we've dropped the price slightly, you're giving them a bigger discount, but who cares? Because they're now getting the outcome, which is indirectly affected word of mouth, because we're getting more of them. We're getting more past patients coming back and we're getting more top-ups. Does that make sense? So this, this game of business is like, it just is unbelievable how many different ways you can get and impact the ultimate outcome. So what else? <coughs> And by the way, back to that, Jordan, the top-ups really, whatever we call it, top-ups, maintenance, packages, massages, to me, that's the big, I want to really look at that in 2019 and go, how do we make this just, every, every 10 people who come through the door, three to five of them, are just keep, they're just keeping on coming back. And we'll get to that this afternoon. Cool. What else? Robin? Uh, maybe I would say uh, medical agencies. I think we have more medical agencies as well. I would say the, the one that you did where you got in touch with them all. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was a big... <laughs> hey, the best thing happened, sorry, the best thing was uh, the whole conversation with... Yeah, that was excellent. What was that? Yeah. Well, um, we get more referrals than ever by saying do. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, they, they basically they, they kicked off, didn't they, and, and said they wanted to they wanted us to do all this extra work, which we've never done before, and, yeah. and they, for, for Noah, and then they no, were talking okay. about bringing the price down per session. Yeah. So, Vicky, basically, we were speaking to them, weren't you, and put, basically, that um, 
we will not be reviewing it. We will end the tender at the end when, not when it comes to down, and we wouldn't back down. And they just week. never got back to us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they just pushed more referrals. <laughs> in, so the judge tried to dictate the notes that we wrote and everything to yeah. them. You know, like they wanted us to change the uh, the forms and that's been the same for the past seven years. Like, they didn't want any, anything to do with physiotherapy on the assessment yeah. form. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what do you want then? Yeah. So uh, just ignore that yeah. part. Like, so we. You can only live that way when, um, if we were needing that money and you didn't have any ability to market or any ability to think outside the box or create a new income stream if you lost it, you, you're screwed and you have to accept that type of shit. I, mean, I remember that conversation that she said, I was like, don't the fuck, <laughs> 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 the fuck off. Tell her to go <laughs> fuck herself, basically. Um, <laughs> and it'll probably be said many times throughout my career that I just will refuse to accept any any bullshit that comes because of the ability that we have as a team and as a unit to replace that income stream. This meeting, for example, could happen again if we lost a big income stream and we'd sit down and we would be very, or I'd be very confident that we'll find the solution. The worst case scenario in that, and the reason I made that decision was this, I looked at the money that they were paying and I worked out the actual cost of admin that they wanted to do the thing that they were asking for. And I literally looked within 20 minutes and said, if I have to put that type of time into that shitty form creation and all the stuff that is never even, and the bit that irritated me was I knew it wasn't even gonna get read anyway. Like it doesn't, she was new in the job, they always are. They come in looking to prove their fucking salary and they're gone within 12 months. And it's always the physio or, or, or whoever. I, I don't know this woman in Durham, but I bet she's just got the job within six months. I'd, I, that would be my first question to that woman. I bet, I bet you knew. No, she isn't. The first one was. She was brand new, actually. The one there you go. Well, the, one who, the one who's knocked on the door, I guarantee it, would have been my first question. You must be new. As in, you've got fuck all else to do. You're bored and you want to prove the salary that you've got before you get the sack or redundancies come. It's so obvious when all of this thing's going on. And the point is not to get sucked into it, of, of it. Now, with what was irritating me with that um, was was really this and it wasn't that's their that's their thing if they want that they, they have that and if that's what they think they want but when I looked at it and I thought this will probably require me to give up five to seven or eight hours a week of let's say five hours a week of admin extra to fill out some forms right or create these reports that they wanted then I thought well what if I took those same five hours, let's say it was Becky, right, who, who had to be assigned to do it. I have a choice at that point. I can put Becky with her head down in some forms and make no more money. Or I can take Becky, give her the phone and tell her just to ring every past patient that I've got for five hours more a week than she's now and give them some love. Ask how they are, ask how their kids are, ask what they've been up to since the last time we've seen them. And I can guarantee you that my return on investment would be 10 times more than what this company wants over here. And that, that was why in the end I'd made the decision that I was prepared if that's what they want to do, well, that's where we'll pool our resources. And instead of getting however much we get off that company, which isn't a, a great deal, we get less patience but <coughs> at, at twice the price and a longer relationship with all of these people. So that was the decision. But you can only do that with the confidence to, to look inside of your business and know that that actually is the, that is the outcome that you can, you know, or there is another outcome that you can get. What else? Ashley? Um, just 
basically what the about the offers, like the Christmas offers, like the packages. I think they went quite well. Again, people, a few people were asking about them before they even came mm. out. So yeah. I think people remembered them from last year. Good. So. so that again tells you, with past patients <laughs> coming back, that they're starting to think think that way. Johnny? So yeah, like, uh, I think we've got more therapists that are able to deliver a similar service now. Um, everyone's on board with their acupuncture. Um, there's, there's more consistency with the treatment plans because there's less chance of a patient having to wait two weeks to yeah. get back in with someone that delivers acupuncture or mm. that is able to do manipulation or things like that. So I think that's a positive yeah. this year. I don't think it was the case last year. No. Good. Question then, next one. What do we know now that we didn't this time last year? How, how um, January and February did work out? Yeah. Like a slow, like a low. I think it's it's definitely affected how yeah how we've been planned for this because yeah. it was a I mean, huge difference oh, on God, the absolutely. We absolutely jam packed this week. Yeah. Well, just for the next couple now. Yeah. And then we've next come couple. into what eighteen. Sixty-seven again, emails and there's well eight, about eighteen, eighteen the nineteen. Good. Good. My, my mother asked me last night if she could get in for an appointment this week, so just put it back till February. <laughs> <laughs> That's the case. I was going to say, yes, my Paul told us. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Well, Paul told us to expect you, and he said, uh, we'll match do. <laughs> yeah, I would say that um, obviously planning in advance. Obviously, we did for more. everything as well. Yeah. Not even just that. Like. Oh, not just for January, February, but for. We're like thinking ideas yeah. more now, aren't we? Oh, we're, God, yeah. Yeah. we're being a lot more. Like in CPD on Wednesday, God, it was. We all had that CPD session. Mm. Which was? Um, we set things up to do monthly, weekly. Um, ideas around, just, weren't we? And, yeah. But I think what we've learned as well at the end of last year, we were a, a group of people that we had great ideas and we never really did it. And like towards the end of last year, it was like. Right, Black Friday, sit down, let's do it. Or mm. we, everything was just done. done then, yeah, January, man. let's do it. Like, we're just, just right, you it's like, just, that's, that's yeah. your baby now. Just go home with it, do it. Don't yeah. need this, 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 done. Like, there's no waiting around, and I think that's it. Uh, yeah, there's no like talking about there's it. There's no fighting about it. It's just yeah. Yeah. Like, trying to get it done now it's, rather than. Yeah. In CPD, like, which we should have six <laughs> weeks <laughs> later. Oh, yeah, no. Well, that was a good idea that we should have done that. Should we start, like, yeah. It's just being decisive, isn't it? Yeah. right moments. Yeah, stop being indecisive and just make a decision and do it. Yeah. yeah. As time goes on, you get more aware of why you're doing it. And, and I believe that's what stops a lot of people. That's where it gets lost between the, the idea. The ideas are pretty easy for, for a lot of people. It's kind of taking an idea to, to execution. And somewhere between a good idea and it actually getting executed is doubt and scepticism as to whether or not my time is actually worth it will we see the effect now all of a sudden i think what you're starting to see is because last year when you did christmas vouchers and you did packages they sold well it's much easier to do it this year is it not because you feel you felt the benefit and all of a sudden you're making a few phone calls to patients because the you know the schedules are scarce and it's like oh shit this actually works and then all of a sudden the next time it goes scarce you don't actually need to think about whether or not it's going to work you just go on and do it <clears throat> and if you think again really really analyze what goes on somewhere between a good idea and actual execution of the good idea is a gray area is no man's land and i absolutely can guarantee you tell you with undoubted certainty that that's where people's lives are lost 
That's where people are lost, not just in business, in life generally. That this is what I want to do, this is my good idea, this is my big thing. I can see it and I can, you know, I really want that extra thing that I've committed to or I think that I'm going to commit to. And somewhere between starting it and finishing it, they get distracted. But more importantly, what happens really is they get this doubt and this fear that that starts to second guess them. Something else comes along. There is another priority. There is an instant gratification. There's another thing that comes along that promises a benefit that is faster than the thing that they wanted to and they lose sight of it. If you, if you put a gun to my head and said, what's my biggest skill? That. I can hold on to it. Whether it's two years, three years, four years, five years. The idea will come into my head and I will live with a sleepless night, painful headaches for months until the thing's done. That, that is a trait. That's a rare... And it, it doesn't come naturally. It's not born with it. It's a discipline that, that once you've started it, you actually become to recognize what's getting in your way. It's the self-doubt and the skepticism and all of the, you know, is this actually a thing that I need to get involved in? Stopping, for example, in that conversation with that company, that could have got in the way of something that we were doing, right? And all of these good ideas and all of these good plans could have been stopped because one thing, one fire erupted in the business and it's like all of the resources go there. And then you look back at the end of the year and you're like, oh shit, we haven't got as many past patients coming back because for two months we were all doing this bloody thing that this company wanted yeah. to do and we're not seeing any, any benefit. So often you, you, you have to stop and think. And a good question is always, um, I ask my coaching clients at the end of a call, what could get in the way of you doing this? This is a good idea, and there's the plan. What could actually get in the way of you doing this? Oh, I, oh, I, don't, I don't know, well, let's start talking. Is it your kids, is it family, is it commitment, is it staff, is anyone gonna quit? Is anything gonna go on in your business that you, you know, if three things are gonna happen, what do you think they, what, what do you think they would be? Then all of a sudden they start to go, well, it might be this. And like, all right, well, what's the plan for that? What would you do if that happens? Oh, I'll just let it go. All right, well, what if this happens? Oh, uh, nothing. And the very fact that they're aware of the three things means they don't get pulled and get distracted by them when they actually happen, because they do. And I think, again, those are simple, simple, simple things that if you take with you in your life and you apply them into business, most of the time, the thing that gets in the way of the good idea didn't need your attention. And if you were, were aware of the fact that it was going to happen, when it, dis, when it does happen, you expected it, you just let it go. Whereas if you're not expecting it, it kind of feels important and it sucks you to go do it. Do you get me? So a good question that you might want to ask at the end of your Wednesday meetings. These are two good ideas. It, it's always down to right. We've had 10 good ideas, which you need to get, to get down to the best ideas. You need a pool of good ideas. If you have 10 of them, you're like, all right, which is the major one? And which are the three minors. Assuming that we get the big one done between now and next week, what would be the other three that we would love to get done if we can? But this is the one thing that must absolutely get done. I always remember a story. I was in San Antonio a few years ago teaching a class and at the end of the three days I said, right, what's the one thing? What's the best thing that you took away from this um, this like three days with me? And this lady from this lady from LA, she was like, Well, my thing was this, right? And she went, um, well, my first one was this, and my second one was this, and my third one, and she reeled off about 24, and I just sat there and I was like, I said one. She's like, I know, but I've got, I've got loads. I'm like, that's the problem. You're not gonna get them all done. Like, can we just pick one? Oh, I don't know how. And I was like, but that's the bit we should have done the fucking seminar on. How to pick one good idea and just fucking do it. Like, because that's the bit that most people struggle with. You'll all feel good about putting seven or eight or 10 ideas in on a Wednesday. I'd rather you feel shit about not contributing an idea, but support the one good idea that somebody else brought.
that's how we'll get momentum as a business. So don't come in thinking that you've provided the ideas. I'd much prefer the Jordan Hendersons just get the fucking thing done. Like, just work hard behind the scenes to implement the one thing that needs to be done. Yeah. Did you like that analogy? Did. Did, did you get it? Yeah. Did, yeah, yeah. We don't need a team full of we, we don't need a team full of Mosalas and no, you know Fabinho's. <laughs> we just need we need a couple of Gazers. Team of Carragher's. We need it. Oh. There you go. God. We need we need one Stevie Gerrard. We need one Stevie Gerrard and a team of, of, of Carragher's. There you go. Steve McMahon's. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, we only got a rest. Well, he didn't yeah. see that last night. It's hilarious, that, isn't it? What are the top three things that we absolutely nailed this year and should keep doing? Uh, I would definitely say the offers. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, talk to me more. Well, the ones that we're doing, like the 40%, the Black Friday, the Christmas ones, whenever there's a lull, just put an offer out there. We email Amy. Oh, they're gone, then weekly emails? Yeah. Go, Mal. Yeah, uh, they're, they're eased off a little bit and they're towards the back end. Yeah, towards there's the, the Sunday end, emails. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but now we're getting a lot along I think it's the, better when we have a just changed now because we've, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when there's a theme. But we have had a lot of people ring up about knee pain in a report in the mail. It's only... It hasn't been in no, the mail for a long time. I know, I don't know what's happening with that. They keep a snippet and they'll ring when they need it. Yeah, but they just come at the same time. It's exactly what goes on, she's dead right. The beauty of newspaper advertising is that, that again is little understood, that newspapers get cut out. Our generation will have them, that ad is on a fridge all over town, waiting for the day. It's like a coupon, you cut the coupons out, you cut the ad out that you like and you stick it on the, there'll be a fridge magnet. I'm on a fridge in probably 10 different houses right now, in Alton Manor, in Westview, in Throsten, in the Fens, wherever on a fridge, waiting for the day that that knee pain comes back. They saw it in October and they know the pain gets worse in January or February. And there is a mental conversation that says, if this hasn't gone by Christmas, I'm calling in January. People are so predictable, it's beyond belief. My granddad keeps them by his phone. Like when I went around there over the holidays, he had- My ads? <laughs> no, not even. <laughs> 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 he had a bunch of stuff by his phone. I was looking through them, it was like coupons for like, clocks to help him remember what day it is and all of this stuff i was just like wow shouldn't be overestimated um shouldn't be overlooked that that is what happens and that is the that is the value but more importantly for you to understand it's the behavior pattern of the person that you're dealing with there will be a mental conversation in october when that knee pain started because of the damp and the dark and the inactivity of a 60 year old person naturally limits when them clocks go back how hard is it to get out of bed right now how easy is it to fall asleep right now like everybody's just lulled and lethargic and just doesn't want to go exercise and the 65 year old who spent all summer walking up and down that new bridge in the most glorious of summer when the weather was lush and the sun was setting every night was active as hell that knees moving there's blood flow around his body all of a sudden in october starts to see which by the way would also mean probably less knee problems at that time of year because more people are more active mm-hmm. by october the knee pain starts and he mentally thinks you know what i'll give it six weeks i'll see how it goes this is the internal dialogue that goes on with that person it's now middle of november middle of november is well it's nearly christmas i'll, I'll leave it till christmas and see how it goes hopefully santa will bring me relief from pain right that's stupidly how people think they live and, and we all do it we live by calendar and and items on the calendar 
that it's oh, well after Valentine's Day I'll do this, after Easter I'll do that, after the summer holidays I'll do this. When I've done this, then I'll get that. And that's how a patient thinks. And all of a sudden, January the first, the pain is still there. It's like right now is the window of opportunity to go do it. The, the thing gets pulled from the newspapers, and you get ten additional calls, and everyone's asking, "Is there an ad in the newspaper? <laughs> Not this week. Where's the? Where's it coming from? It's coming from that behaviour." which is important again for you to understand from your patients that that's how they think, that's how they act, that's why they take six months to get to you. It isn't an urgent need, it's that's the, the, the brain putting them off all the time. Um, so we're saying the top three things that we nailed offers, yeah, what else? I think when they've finished the plan, like an upsell, I think we've absolutely yeah. nailed getting mm. people to still continue on. Great, That's music to my ears. Music to my it's ears. very rare that you just say thank you to yeah. someone now. It's absolutely. The hardest thing in business is to get customers. The hardest thing. The easiest thing is to keep them coming back. You have to really fuck it up, like you do. Think about it. Like, you go into a restaurant or wherever, you've, you've gone through the... You had 17 different choices of a restaurant and you're familiar with 16 of them and you decide to go to this other one. That, that's painful to do that. The, the, the fact that a customer has done that to get into that restaurant, that's the hardest thing they'll ever have to do in relation to the relationship with that business. The easiest thing to happen is the waitress or the waiter comes over and says, what's your name? What do you do? Tell me more about your kids. How's it going? How's the food? Anything I can get you? Is this your first time here? Great. There's a glass of champagne on me. Look forward to seeing you next week. It just doesn't get any easier like to, to run. You have to absolutely screw up. You have to screw it up for a customer not to want to come back. And yet all of the emphasis on most businesses nearly always on just get more, 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 more people through the door. Like I said, the big, the big thing for us this year is undoubtedly, how do we just keep this business compact, profitable, and existing clients become the focus of everything that, that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So upsells, what else? What about from a marketing point of view? Google, newspapers, social, emails? I think we've had a lot more activity on social than We've had. <laughs> I did notice, obviously I don't manage the inbox on the page, but I noticed when we did start doing competitions and a lot more based around giving them something on social, you've got a lot more messages, just mm -hmm. people inquiring. Yeah. And people actually just kind of getting in touch with the other because it's easier sometimes to pick up the phone if they just send you a quick message on Facebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have seen a lot more mm -hmm. on Facebook. It's still not like the main point. Like I wouldn't say that. That's no. The, I wouldn't put that up. But. Massive. If I put a gun to your head, what would it be? What's the main what? Like referral marketing. Oh, the oh, but the oh. main referral. Google. Google. Yeah, Google. Google. Yeah. Google. That's the main main. They always do a search. Yeah, Google. Google ads. <coughs> All right. What specifically did we do this year that made the difference? Oh yeah. That was a change when the number, yeah, got the Google number, 0800 number, and I said, like, I wouldn't ring it 0800 because yeah. I wouldn't think it's local. Yeah. I looked at Active, I seen they had all, so I think Simon then changed that over, and that I think made a, that was yeah. halfway through the year or something, and that changed. <laughs> that was a big change on it, but I don't know what else did we do. Google Ads has been massive for us this year as I've looked at those referrals. Mm. What specifically did we do that made the difference this year? I think we might individually as well as as a group we took ownership of, of the things that we were meant to be putting through mm. 
I think I don't think that's happened as much before. Um, where we've just we have run with an idea a little bit more than we would have before. Um, I think that's been a bit of a difference. And like we were saying before, we've not been just waiting months, weeks and months for something to happen. We've not just thrown loads of ideas all at once. We've we've been a bit, a little bit more um, structured. We decided on something we wanted. We thought, oh yeah, as a team, we've come up with an agreement. Yeah, this is something we need to we need to work towards. And then we've we've, uh, we've, we've put that into play. Great. I think I think that's probably the biggest thing I've noticed anyway. Jordan. Yeah, I think I think with what, what with what Johnny said in the past, we've been in. Like, I remember in CPD where we caught with an idea, mm. and we'd sit and then we'd go off on a tangent, mm. and like 30, 40 minutes later, it, you'd get so far away from it that it would just we mm. weeks later you'd look back and say, "Oh, well, what do we, we didn't even do that." Yeah, so we're, we've been. I think we've become a, mo- a lot more concise. It's called scope creep. Yeah, happens all the time when a good idea starts. Mm. The brain naturally looks to make the idea bigger than it actually needed it to be ridiculous. and it becomes unexecutable i see it all the time happens in here <coughs> happens every time i have a meeting with them staff next door it's here's what i think we should do and then all of a sudden it's like well can we add this and then somebody's like, oh yeah well if we do that we can add that and then if we, oh well what about this i'm like can we just go back to like you know just put a three minute video on the website like that's all we needed to do to start the process and actually get something done it happens again in life in uh, shopping, in house designs, in what starts as let's get the room done. Oh no, no, let's let's get the curtains done. So then goes well. Then we'll get the cushions, and then we'll get the rug, and then we'll get the TV. Oh well, while we're doing all that, we might as well get a new carpet, and we might as well get the wallpaper done. And if if we're getting that done, oh fuck it, we might as well get the hall done because you know. And if we're getting the hall done, we need a new door. And if we're getting a new door, we need a new garage door. And if we're getting a new garage door, we need a new driveway. And if we're getting a new drive, we might as well have a new car. Like, what started as 500 quid's worth of curtains is now 20 grand extension, <laughs> uh, an appointment at the bank to see if we can remortgage the house, and five hours overtime every week to cover it. <laughs> and people wonder where their life goes wrong. <laughs> I it yesterday, I said, oh, I need to go. Vicky. I'm going to boot because I get my toenails done, and then I, have, uh, then I went to boot, and I was like, oh, I could do me. I've come out with a bot foot spa. <laughs> 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 I only went in for nail varnish. There you go. That's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's mega. How many people are doing it in beauty salons? Oh, just have, can I just have my nails done? Oh, while I'm here, I'll have a, a shoulder massage. Oh, well, you might as well do my face. And while I'm here, I can have my toes done. Oh, while I'm here, I'll have my eyebrows done and whatever else. It's like, oh, any excuse to get it done. Scope creep. And that's what you have to guard against. One, one idea executed is better than 10 in the air. What else? John. I was going to say that where Vic ran with the medical agencies was an instant spike where they had dropped. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, didn't they? Admittedly, the price had to be reduced. That was a way to, to get, get back to the top volume. of the list, but, yeah. but the, volume the referrals come again, didn't they? I think they are still. Even now, like we medical agencies, we are sort of, what's the word? We're not dropping, we, we've got like a steady. Yeah, there's no boom boom, it's no, just it's but it's, it's boom into what it was. It's yeah. just oh, it's God, steady yeah. away now. It's Vicky's not a cow. It's not boom boom, but it's boom. Boom boom boom. It's just boom. 
<laughs> there we go. Yeah. That's going to be this year's phrases. We'll, we'll, I want you to integrate that into your vocabulary. Is it boom, Vicky, or is it boom, boom? It's boom, boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. We're in, somebody's in business. Boom, boom, boom. You know your voicemail this morning. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. I should see what I've got to do. <laughs> the big thing on medical agencies, not to forget, and this is what I'd love you to be talking about and really thinking through, the only purpose that medical agencies or any third party referral has to this business is to convert them to a private patient and then ultimately to a top up. There's, there's almost no other justification for it in the business other than it's a referral source and it is a cheaper marketing activity. It's, it's cheaper to get. You buy a patient off Google and it's like 60, 70 quid to, buy, to get a patient off Google. So you are, or I am mentally factoring that in when you take on a third party referral that you are not getting paid as much, but you're not having to buy the customer. So the only way that you can make your, your justification for the medical agencies is if you can take two or three of them out of ten into a private and then ultimately into a long-term, twice a year, coming it's back. It's quite a few over in Bisper, isn't it? Yeah. That have came through There you go. I remember discussing that this time last year. Yeah. That, has, that has kind of been a big noticeable, made a big noticeable difference where, like, fair enough, they're not paying the prices that a new pr private patient will be paying, but they're staying with us. Exactly. You know, they're staying with us, they're spreading the word, we're getting more word of mouth, even coming in from past private insurance patients too. Um, the ones who've been in in the past, yeah. maybe years ago, have come back in as well, which is good. Yeah. Well, just goes to show that one of them 40% ones, I typed a name in and I thought, I don't recognise that name. She's um, <coughs> 2014, she was from. Yeah. So four years later, she comes back. Yep, yeah, on the 40%, 2014. There you go. She go. only had an assessment, uh, I think it was with you, Johnny, um, and that's obviously why she was on the emails, and then she came back four years later, on the 40%. So she's still seeing and reading then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How, um, I wonder if that's something that we should track more, certainly on your Wednesday conversations start to talk. One of the things that we do well in this business, in, in the marketing business, is we talk about people that we think should have took the next step. So we don't just talk them, talk to the, we don't just say, oh, we're gonna market, or we're gonna sell, send this email, or we're gonna send this offer. We actually start to use their names. And we look at the, if you go in that room, in fact, if you have a quick look, see the board with all the names on it? Yeah. That's all the people that we've said, right, look, this is the product, this is the service. Based upon what we know about them, we think they should take this step next. And if they took that step, then they need to take this step. And it's us basically looking at them based upon their conversations, their interactions, the size of their business, how long it has been since they've done something else with us. That if you did that, the next step should be this. And it has changed everything for us up here. Like so dramatically better in terms of how now customers are taking the path with us faster because we're actually telling them, you, you start here. <coughs> you are stuck or you've stopped or you've stalled or your business is not moving on because you're not making a decision or you're not you know you're not doing the next thing which is nearly always what it is that they're just allowed to um they're allowed to sort of sit in limbo if you like and they're allowed to believe that the only thing that they need to be doing is this this physio or this medical agency in this case when you start to talk to them about the fact that they are suitable for this next thing or they should be considering this next thing magical things start to happen in that they make their own decision to go do it 
that is something I think that you could and should maybe really start to focus on a big area of opportunity would be particularly Robin if you're seeing a lot of the medical agencies is there'll never be everybody who's suitable right and that's the big thing that you have to accept as you run a business. Thank you for listening to the Physical Therapy Business School podcast. To find out more about how you can create a strategic plan in one day in a room full of like-minded business owners with Paul Goff and know precisely what to do in your practice to hit the next level of growth and profit, email paul at paulgoff.com for more information. And we'll talk to you again real soon next week on another episode of Paul Goff's Physical Therapy Business School podcast. Until then, have a fabulous day.